Welcome to the Jet Life Podcast, pulling back the curtain of private aviation to help you live that jet life to the fullest. Whether you have questions about chartering a jet, buying a jet, or anything in between, I'm here to be your ultimate jet guide. Now, on to the show. All right, everybody. Well, welcome. My name is Tom Lelio with Jet Life Aero. I'm going to be explaining today how to become a private jet broker. I'm actually hopping on the phone in about an hour to t- talk with uh, somebody who saw me online and just wants to learn more. So I'm happy to drop this video right now with you guys. If you want to ask any questions, feel free to go ahead in the comment section. I'll be here checking that out. And I'm just going to share my story real quick. I'm going to share my story of how I became a jet broker. What was my sales experience, my experience in aviation? Do you need experience in aviation to make you know to make it as a jet broker? What does the fir- first 30 days look like as a jet broker? You know, what does the day-to-day look like as a jet broker? Going to go over all that uh, for you today here on this live stream. So thanks a lot for checking it out. If you want to find out more, you know, go to theultimatejetguide.com. Whether you're a buyer, seller, looking at charter, or maybe you want to invest, theultimatejetguide.com. I'm happy to help you out uh, there. So let's talk about my story real quick. Um, I what Before I was a jet broker, I was a youth pastor. Believe it or not, for just about a decade, you know, even when I was in college and in high school, I was involved in, in youth ministry. And that was my passion. I went to school for theology. I have a graduate degree, a master's degree in systematic theology from St. Charles Borromeo Seminary. Um, crazy, crazy things. And so I was really passionate about youth ministry for a long time. And then finally, you know, my wife and I found ourselves in Florida with five children, uh, just trying to make ends meet. And while I loved working for the church and I loved ministry, I just was in a position where I needed to make more money. So we we stepped out of the church world into the secular world. I found myself, you know, trying to, to become a videographer professionally. And while I was pitching my videography services to a business owner, she explained her business, which was a music school locally, and her vision behind encouraging, inspiring, and educating young people in music. And I just fell in love with the vision. And so I said to her, listen, you got to hire me. I want to be your manager. I want to help grow the school. I think what you're doing is really awesome. And and that's exactly what happened. So I worked as a manager of a local music school, uh, focusing on marketing and sales. And we grew that school um, from when we when we first started. And then we got to the point where I, I met again with with my boss and I said, listen, like I really want to continue to grow. That's part of my personality. I want something bigger, something more. I know you've been talking about franchising. Is that a good fit for me? And after a long conversation, we we both agreed it's probably not the right fit. You know, it just wasn't what we were what, what I was looking for at the time. And so I decided to start looking elsewhere. And so as I'm looking elsewhere, I just came upon an ad on Indeed.com, believe it or not. And so what was interesting about the ad was, I don't even remember if it said sell private jets. I don't remember if it said work with high network individuals. I don't remember what it said exactly. But basically, I applied. I gave them a call. You know, I said, hey, I'm interested. They called me back. We had a good conversation. And, you know, I was fortunate enough that they decided to take a chance on a youth minister. You know, someone who had no aviation experience. So that's how I got involved in the aviation industry from youth pastors selling multi-million dollar jets. Uh, pretty, pretty crazy story as it were. So what did my, 
you know, what was my experience? You know, what experience do you need to be successful as a private jet broker? Well, as you know, I worked as a youth pastor. So I always thought of selling Jesus and marketing Jesus. You know, how do you get someone to come to your event? You can't just throw pizza out there and say, we're going to watch a movie. You know, you got to go meet people. You got to go talk to them. You got to get to know them. So client relationship was really important in youth ministry. I learned a lot about marketing and videography and Photoshop and graphic design, you know, as a youth pastor. And so I brought those skills to the table. And so maybe you're doing something, you know, similar where you're doing marketing, you're doing sales, you're, you're, you're engaging with people. That's going to only serve you as a private jet broker because it's very, very important. As long as you're coachable, you know, and able to learn and grow, you know, I think it's going to serve you well. Before a youth pastor, I did work in the restaurant industry. I was a bus boy. I was, uh, I took you know, phone calls and, and took orders over the phone. I was a delivery driver. So customer service was, was a big part of, of my background when I came in to, to be a jet broker. So that might be part of your background. I also sold knives. You know, shout out to Vector Marketing, Cutco Knives. I sold knives in high school. That's how I got my very first iPod. I had a goal that I wanted to get an iPod. I had to sell X amount of knives and I did it. You know, so I had a little bit of sales, direct sales experience through that. As a youth pastor, you know, we also were, my wife and I were involved in network marketing. So we found a little bit of success in network marketing. We weren't one of those, you know, millionaires with a huge team or anything like that. We just, you know, sold enough to cover our product and a little extra uh, on top of that. So I, I did have some sales and marketing experience. I had people experience, right? I mean, that's kind of what it comes down to. This is a people-driven business, relationship-driven business. And, um, you know, that's kind of where where my experience was. So you don't need you don't need experience now. I will tell you now that I'm a pri- uh, a pilot now that I, you know, have more experience in the industry. It definitely helps, you know, it helps your I would say your closing ratio or your effectiveness, you know, to have a background, but don't get bogged down in the details. A lot of pilots, a lot of professional salespeople, they will, you know, major on the minors. So the pilots get stuck talking about all the avionics and how awesome the plane is and fuel burn, fuel efficiency, et cetera, et cetera. They forget that the whole point of being a broker is to close the deal, you know, is to bring people together. So you don't have to spend a lot of time on those nitty gritty details. And if you don't know, you just pass somebody along to someone who does know. If, you, if you're a broker and someone asks you about maintenance and a specific service bulletin that needs to get done and you don't know, be like, no, I don't know, but I'll find the answer, you know, and you find people that you can go to and get those answers. So that's kind of how experience, what role experience is going to play if you're thinking about being a jet broker. Now, as I continue to share with you what the first 30 days look like as a jet broker, what the day-to-day looks like as a jet broker, I want to encourage you to check out the aircraftbroker.com, the aircraftbroker, or I'm sorry, aircraftbroker.com. I'm sorry, aircraftbrokeracademy.com, aircraftbrokeracademy.com. It's a it's a great you know tool. Um, I, I I've partnered with them to show individuals like yourself that are interested in becoming a, a jet broker. You know, show them the ropes. Like when I went, my first thirty days, basically, I, I was in my manager's office for three days, listening to him on the phone and just kind of sitting there and trying to take notes. I didn't know what I didn't know. And with the aircraft broker academy, we break it down. You know, really, really simply. Like here's an aircraft. These are the different components of an aircraft. Here's how avionics work. This is what an EFIS is. This is what an ELT is. And I remember calling someone and he's like, you sound like you don't know anything. I just got my ELT installed. I bet you don't even know what that is. And I was just like, I, you know, I didn't know what it was and I felt like an idiot and he put me in my place. He hung up. And so, but that, so you can either learn that way <laughs> or you can have a tool like aircraftbrokeracademy.com 
where Alex, the the creator, goes through you know all of those specifics of how to put deals together. You know, here's the different steps and all that kind of stuff. And I come in with the sales training. Here's the questions to ask. Here's how to approach uh, objections, uh, things of that nature. So definitely check that out if you're you know kind of interested in what we're talking about here. Now. My first 30 days, as I mentioned, was primarily, you know, learning a little bit about aircraft. We took a field trip to the hangar because we were based on an airport. You know, he showed me a couple of different planes and gave me a little bit of a brief history. Um, and the frustrating part was like, I didn't know what to ask. I didn't know what to Google. I didn't know how to research more information so I can get that information faster. And that's what I'm trying to do here um, with the content that I put out at jetlife.com um, and what we're doing at Aircraft Brokerage Academy. So we just kind of Spent three days kind of learning a few things and then onto the phones, onto the phones. And this is what your first three months, six months are going to look like. You've got to be making phone calls. You've got to be reaching out to people, talking to people. And the, the, the main strategy is go find a listing, right? So go find an owner that wants to sell his aircraft. And majority of the time it comes down to luck. We had one guy that actually got a listing within his first like three days, you know, just calling. He just found the right guy and he was like, yep, I want to sell, send me the contract and we're done. And, you know, for me, it was, it took a little bit more time. It took me like 30 to 60 days to get my first listing. And you got to kind of ask yourself, you know, what are you doing for money during that whole time? What was interesting was when I quit at the music school and put my two weeks notice after the two weeks, my brokerage called me and said, hey, there's something going on. We can't actually have you come on board for another month. So I had to spend a whole month with no income. I had to go and do some extra jobs, odds and ends. And then when I got there, the only income we had was like a, a, a weekly draw, like five, 600 bucks a week. So I was making $2,000 a month trying to provide for my whole entire family. We had some savings. So that's a question you need to ask yourself. Like, a lot of one of the biggest things that keeps people out of private aviation is that they don't have a way to make money while they're trying to build their book of business. And so you got to look at that. And if you get with an agency that has a draw, double check because I've heard of agencies that will, you know, give you a draw, but then when you get paid, you got to pay that draw back. You know, so if and, and think about it, you're probably not going to get paid for six months or so. So if you take, you know, two thousand a month times six, that's twelve grand. You know, and you get a paycheck for twenty grand. You're like, yay! But then all of a sudden, the company's like, you owe us twelve grand for all the money we 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 paid for you, we fronted you the past six months. Then you're like, I made eight grand, yay! So, you know, that's kind of something to think about because it becomes a uh, you know commission based job, you know, for the most part. And and that's one of the things I would speak to. A lot of people are concerned about a commission based job. And they think salary is security. And I just don't feel that way. And I think if you're built similar to me and the successful jet brokers, I think are built in this way where you want to be in control of your own destiny so that if you work really hard, you're going to get a big payoff versus if you don't do anything, you're not going to get paid. And so with a salary, no matter how hard you work, if you're the person that puts in like 110%, like you're not going to see any extra rewards. Whereas with when you're on commission, you can see more rewards for more effort, for more work, for more success. So that's something to think about, you know, the first 30 days, you know, how are you going to survive, basically? And don't don't look at it like, oh, man, I could never take that chance because if you don't take that chance, you'll never have that opportunity. So I would encourage you to find a way to make it work. If this is really what you're passionate about and you really want to try it, you know, be ready that you're probably not going to have income for a little while. So the first 30 days, you're looking for listings. You're calling up owners, 100 calls a day, and um, basically – the math is going to work out where you basically need to do 10,000 phone calls to get a deal. Basically, 10,000 phone calls are going to give you maybe about 
a hundred presentations, a hundred times to come to an owner and say, Hey, you should use me out of that. Um, I'm sorry, a, th a thousand, I'll give you about a thousand, you know, a thousand presentations out of those thousands of people, you know, you're trying to get at least 10 of them to hire you. Okay. Of those 10 people that are going to hire you, you're going to have 10 listings of those 10 listings. Maybe only three of them are going to go under contract at any given time. Out of those three that are under contract, you're only going to have one that's actually going to close in a given amount of time. So you got to make 10,000 phone calls. That's going to take you a hundred days. If you make a hundred calls a day, every single day for a hundred days. Well, what if you don't do a hundred calls a day? Or, you know, what if you take weekends off and don't make those calls? Well, it's going to take you longer. So this is just kind of basic math, you know, and it's, it's, you know, it's, it's an estimate, you know, it's like I said, some people get lucky on the first, you know, couple of hundred calls, they get a, they get a listing. Uh, some people take some longer, but I really don't think a lot of people, I think the reason why most people fail is because they don't have the right training and they don't have the right coaching. They're not in the right environment to coach somebody up. Cause I was a youth pastor. If I can do this, you know, I think, you know, other people can do this. And that's part of my passion is sharing with other people. Like here's like, I want to coach you. I want to mentor you. I want to, I want to, I want to be in the trenches with you to help you find success because it's transformed my life. I want to see that happen for somebody else. So first 30 days, listen, you got to get, you got to get on the phones and you just got to be ready for rejection. You're going to have people saying, don't ever call me again. You're going to have people saying, you're so annoying. Uh, I'm going to call the cops on you. Like you're going to have people just being very negative to you. And I, and I find you get a call people you just hanging up on them are you being mean to them are you like what are you doing when you're getting cold calls that's going to come around at least that's been my my experience so you're calling up the owners trying to find someone who wants to sell a lot of its luck a lot of its timing and then over time you're going to develop skills so that when you actually get someone on the phone instead of just being like the one <laughs> i remember the first time uh i was going in to make phone calls my manager told me just don't talk about the jet I'm like, how do I not talk about the jet? Like I'm calling about to sell it. And he's like, don't tell him you want to sell your jet. I'm like, all right, I don't know how to do this. So I, I, my first phone call, literally my first phone, I pick up the phone. Hello, this is Tom. And I froze when they're like, Hey, this is Bob. I'm like, okay. I froze. I'm like, do you want to sell your jet? He's like, Nope, click. And he, he just hung up the phone and it was, it was rock bottom, but there was only one place to go. And that was up from there. But you know, your skill is going to come in over time. As you get comfortable, you're going to be able to, to get on the phone with someone. And as soon as, you know, you, they pick up the phone, you know, Hey Bob, this is Tom jet life arrow. Good morning. They say, good morning. Hey, the reason for the call is right now the market is slowing down for sellers. It's taking a lot longer to sell their jet. Have you been, have you been thinking about making a move with your Mustang in 2023? No, not really. I'm not. No, thank you very much. Hey, listen, I totally understand it. Not a problem. A lot of guys are saying the same thing, but they're saying that because they can't find a replacement. Is that, is that the reason why you're hesitant to sell? Yeah, you know, I've been looking at the XLSs for a while and I just want to see those prices come down before I make my move. Boom, now we're having a conversation. Now we're having dialogue. And it's because I'm not just picking up the phone and being like, uh, 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 do you want to sell your jet? No, click, you know? And so that comes with skill, that comes with time. And the first 30 days, you just got to get used to it. You're going to be, you know, you're going to get, you're going to fail a lot. That's okay. That's part of it. You just want to be in a place that is going to help you grow from there. So, Right now we're talking to sellers, we're talking to owners. Now you're finally going to get a listing. Hooray, but we're not done because you haven't done anything really. You just have your name attached to a jet. Now people are going to start calling you. You're going to start talking to buyers. You're going to start talking to other brokers. How do you 
handle buyers, handle brokers. That's another skill you're going to have to learn. How do you negotiate with buyers? How do you qualify them? How do you know, how do you tell them like, okay, this is the right plane for you or no, this is not the right plane for you. But because I called every single citation owner on the planet, I know of three other guys that don't want to list their plane, but they would sell it for the right number. What are you looking for? Oh, well, I need the upgraded avionics. I need dual 750s and G600s. Great. I got one of those. Go call the guy who's got the dual 750s, G600s. Hey man, listen, I found someone that would be interested in in buying your plane. If I put a deal together, like, you know, you got me covered on commission, boom. And you put a deal together because you're off market stuff. That's, that's one way to make a deal happen. And so, uh, you've worked with sellers. Now you're working with buyers. You're getting the commission. Um, you're getting, you're getting the deal coming together. The deal is coming together and we still <laughs> haven't done anything. We still got to negotiate the contracts, get the contracts signed. We got to set up the pre-buy. What are the experience of this pre-buy? What's going to happen at pre-buy? Is there a hole going to get punched in the airplane from a nitrogen canister that punctures a hole or a jack on the floor that wasn't placed right and get punches a hole? Yes, they've all happened to me. Uh, is the buyer going to hop a fence and I'm going to get a phone call from the FAA that night because they're trying to go see the plane before they had permission to go see it? Yes, it's all happened. It's all going to happen to you. And so how do you handle and, and navigate through all of those ups and downs when it comes to uh, when it comes to that stuff. So <laughs> you have a lot to to still get through, and then finally, 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 you come to the closing and you get your paycheck. So um, you know, and then we got to you know, as a broker, you kind of got to think, talk to your agency. What's the commission split? Is it 80-20? Is it 70-30, 50 Does it change? You know, over time, are there bonuses involved? Every agency is going to be different. Don't just don't just take what the agency you're going to work with for gospel. Like, there's a lot of options out there. Ask them about those options, or at least ask: Is, is there opportunity to change this? Um, because down the road, you might want to. You might you know, have a hundred thousand dollar commission, and then you're giving away four. You know, you're giving away sixty thousand uh, to the company, and you're like, wait a minute, like, why am I giving away so much money? Um, obviously they have their own overhead, et cetera, et cetera, and they're providing support. And so they deserve to make some money. Um, but if that's not going to sit right with you and now you're painting yourself into a corner, that's something you just want to be aware of. So that's kind of what the first 30 days, uh, or sorry, first six months is going to look like, you know, as a broker, and you're just going to be learning as, as you go along. So, you know, I definitely encourage you to check out the Aircraft Broker Academy. Um, uh, there's an affiliate link in the comments below. Now, the day-to-day, -day, it kind of gets, it starts to open up. It starts to get fun. Once you have your book of business, you can kind of, you know, set your own schedule. You can set your own, you know, budget, what you're looking to do. If you want to keep growing, if you want to create content like this, I mean, that's kind of what I do on, on a daily basis. Now I'm in a position where I want to create content. I want to find buyers. I want to encourage brokers. Um, I want to assist buyers in acquisitions and not just list and sell. So there's a lot of things you can do once you're once you're on the uh, once you're on the path of of finding success in the industry. It's definitely an industry I highly recommend for some people um, that are really driven, that want to find success, that want to change their lives, change the lives of others. Uh, it really is fantastic. So Thanks for listening. Don't forget to check out theultimatejetguide.com.